craving for adoration. Now, guys like this, they have the ability, so they'll command you to worship him, otherwise they'll chop your head off. We don't have that power. But you know what? We do many crazy things to get the same kind of attention. Go to Facebook. Facebook, I was just, I was just, I saw, uh, ironically, I saw this video on Facebook, haha, um, talking about narcissism. You know, people that, you know, uh, narcissistic, or is that what you call it? Narcissistic. And, um, you know, uh, Facebook basically gave them a platform to be narcissistic, narcissistic. You know, how many likes you have and just feel good about themselves. What Facebook is doing is that Facebook is not fulfilling or feeling the needs of human being longing to be approved and to be loved, but to give them a platform to express the very vacuum they have. Are you here this morning? And one reason why Instagram and Facebook is so popular is because people get to express their vacuum. They don't even know what that is. They, people can look at their lives. I'm not condemned of judging people who, who share on Facebook. I know many of you do. And, and all I do is just watch you, you know, like a, look at your life. And sometimes I have to pray over you when I see your images and the videos you share about Shandai, right? But it's okay. God loves you. But I'm just saying, you know, it gives us a platform to just continue to feed into that vacuum. Everyone has that vacuum. So we do crazy things. We do crazy things to be adored. We do crazy things to be accepted. We do crazy things sometimes to have an embrace. We would even sell our soul to get that embrace. But ladies and gentlemen, I got good news for you this morning. If you're the individual that's always longing for that attention, I'm not judging or condemning you. I'm just telling you it's normal. You haven't numbed your consciousness. You haven't numbed yourself. That's why you need that to feed you. I'm not judging you for that. What I'm asking you to consider is that maybe you need to come to the God of the universe who had placed that vacuum in there in the first place when he created you in your soul. And that he will feel it because only him can feel it. I'm telling you, even Christians sometimes we feel so empty. We, 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 we cling on to people. We, we become clingy. We, we, look for, we look for friends, you know. Like sometimes I feel lonely, I call Pastor Steve. And instead of giving me my adoration that I actually wanted, never mind. I'm just joking around. I'm just joking around. He's a good friend. But you don't want to eat that. Even pastors, sometimes we feel, you know, we look at Facebook, people, are, you know, all my other pastor friends show me how many services they have, you know, it's like, oh, seriously. And um, so, you know, sometimes you feel empty. And we all crave for that. Young girls crave for attention from men, so they be clingy to men. Young men crave for attention for fathers, so they, they get themselves involved in the wrong kind of relationship. We all crave for something, but Jesus, this morning, he is, he is speaking to you that you don't need approval from man. 
Because when you have an encounter with the Father in heaven and you've experienced his embrace, you don't need anybody to give you that satisfaction of approval. All you need is to run to the presence of God. Yes, it does come once in a while that you feel like, oh, I'm so empty. And you just rush into the presence of God and you seek his face. I tell you, friends, you'll be so filled and so full and you'll be so confident because I tell you this, your position will not satisfy that need. Your success will not satisfy the needs because this guy owned the world and it wasn't enough. He had to build an image for people to worship him. That needs will never be satisfied except with God. And I'm not saying it as a cliche or a line because it's a real need. In our society, in our city, there's so many of us are so craving for an embrace, craving for somebody to say you are okay craving for an approval. We strive, we work hard. You know, we try to be successful so that people can approve of us. They can have a nod to us. They can have an applause to us. If we could, we would threaten them with their lives just to adore us. But we can. So we do crazy things. Just imagine one day, and that day could be today, that you don't need that anymore. All you need is Jesus. And that he fills your heart and you walk out of here with spring in your steps, with confidence in your steps, knowing that your heavenly father, your papa God loves you. But some of you say, well, Pastor, you don't understand what I've gone through and what I've done and you don't know my records. I don't care. You know why I don't care? Because Jesus, when he said it is finished, had wiped out all those mistakes already. Come on. He'd wiped them out and he said, it's okay, it's done. You are covered. Everybody say, I'm covered. covered. You're covered. There's no shame in the presence of God. He loves you. He thinks the world of you and he's longing. You know, as in, the, as in this, uh, a parable of the prodigal son, the father is longing for some of you. He's standing there waiting, looking up, looking down the street, waiting and hoping you'll return to him. So if you've been running away, I'm not preaching religion here. You understand that, right? Because religion is empty. Religion is just so, ugh. Religion is yucky. I'm preaching the love of God. I'm not asking you to join our church. In fact, you really can. You know, there's no such program. We just an assembly of people gathered together because we've experienced the love of the Father. You know, when you walk through that door today, somebody greeted you with a smile. That person most likely have experienced the love of the Father. That's why they could smile. That's why they could love you. You know how you can love your spouse better? You know how you can love your, your children better? It's to experience the fullness of God. You know, I tell the worship team people, I say, you can minister. You cannot minister half empty. That you can. In fact, you can't even minister full. You can't. The only way you can minister and bless people is out of overflow. Do you know that God wants to give you an overflow of love? You're going to feel so much love, you don't know what to do with yourself. You have to give it away. If you have problems, saying, God, I got problem loving people, which means it's empty inside. God wants to fill you with his love, fill you with his affection, fill you with his compassion, all the way to overflow that you will not be able to help it, but the one to love on somebody. Now let's move on. Hallelujah. Verse 8. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans 
came forward and maliciously accused the Jews. And people who like to accuse people, whether it's to the king or to the buddies or to whatever, accuse of other people, usually behind their back, because these guys are doing that, right? They, they go to the king and accuse the Jews. That would be uh, 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 Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They are practicing what Jesus called the sin of their father because the devil himself is the, come on, is the accuser of the brethren. That's why in this church, we're not permitted to judge. Come on. I've always tell people, if you want to come to this church, don't talk about other people. Talk to them. Are you here this morning? Don't, you know, people will come in with whatever outfit, whatever lifestyle, whatever thingy. It's none of your business. Our job is to love them. Jesus' job is to change them. The Holy Spirit's job is to change them. The last time I checked, he hadn't given up on his job yet. There's no vacancy yet. Are you here this morning? So Christians, don't judge people. You know, the reason why people don't go to church is because it's a, pretty pl it's a place of trepidation. You walk in there, every, all eyes are on you. And you want to make sure you dress well. You got a suit on. Actually, you don't, in this church, you don't. You have a suit on and you would look funny. People look at you funny. <laughs> but it's okay. We won't judge you either, you know. We just, we just go, oh, praise the Lord, you know. I got me, you know. It's just good, man. But, you know, uh, we, we, we are casual, you know. But, but, you know, the church is a church place of trepidation. Let's create an environment where people feel safe. Are you here this morning? Feel safe so that they can have an encounter with God. And that's what we want to do. If you're here the first time, we want to create an environment where you will find your Savior, your God, and you feel safe. But don't, so that's why we don't accuse people. Now jump with me to verse 12. So this is the accusation. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That would be the three friends of Daniel. This man, O king, pay no attention to you. They did not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought this man before the king. And so the king asked, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you not serve the gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you're ready to hear the sound of the horn, I'm going to give you a second chance. You can go ahead and bow down. And, and, uh, and now then he starts mocking their faith. Uh, and who is the God who will deliver out of, the, out of my hand? Do you know that there's a lot of times people are going to question your faith? I, I heard of brothers, you know, he always skipped church on Sunday. And every time I ask him, brother, you know why are you skipping church? He asked me this. Is your God, or are you able to pay my bills? He said, are you able to pay my bills? I said, brother, you don't understand your own faith. You've been a Christian for over 30 years. What do you mean? When you honor God, he will honor you. Can I hear an amen? When you honor God, he will honor you. He will pay your bills. Yes, he will. He will pay your bills if you honor him. I asked the guy who owns Chick-fil-A. The other day I was saying, you know, Chick-fil-A, they, they made a decision never to open on Sunday. And that's tens of millions of dollars every week. They are foregoing. 
Are you foregoing tens of millions of dollars when you skip church on Sunday? Probably not. But I tell you this, the more you're willing to let go, and this is a principle now to get on top, right? The more you let go, the more he will bless you. But anyways, people will mock you, saying, you know, is your God going to pay your bills? Come on, work on Sunday, man. Is your God going to pay your rent? Come work on Sunday. You, gotta, you say no. Because my God will supply all my needs. Are you here this morning? My God will supply all my needs according to Richard's glory. Anyways, so Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, this is how they respond to accusation. And this is what I want to encourage you to respond to accusation, okay? Um, they answer and say to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you. Verse 16. I don't need to. It's not that they were being insubmissive. Accusation, accusation can only gain oxygen if you defend yourself. Are you here? In your workplace, they don't want people to accuse you. So the natural tendency is for you to defend yourself. You know you get ugly when you defend yourself. In the church, when people accuse you, it's easy for you to want to defend yourself because, my goodness, you want, you want to clear your name. My goodness, you know, that's why you hire a lawyer. That's why they make millions, right, those guys. But the trick to disarm accusation, are you here this morning, is not to respond to accusation. I learned from a man that I've listened to all my life. He passed away already, so I'm going to mention his name. I can, you know, he can't come back and sin and I get embarrassed, right? His name is Kenneth Hagen. He said this, even if you accuse me of murdering my grandmother, I won't even say a word. You see, the Word of God says this in Romans, um, let me see, where is it? Um, Romans something. Pastor, right? This amazing scholar here. In Romans chapter 12, verse 19, Paul the Apostle said this, Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I'll repay, as the Lord, as says the Lord. What God is telling you is this, you can go and defend yourself, and you're probably going to do a poor job at it. But if you keep your mouth shut, you don't have to answer to your accuser. You keep your mouth shut. And they zip, the, zip my lips and throw the key away, right? Zip it, lock it, and throw it away. If you don't answer your accuser, God will answer your accuser. I got like three people agree. If you don't answer your, you know, we all have accuser in our lives. We've been accused for all kinds of crazy things. How many of you have been accused? Raise your hands. You know, okay, the rest of you what? You, you, you're walking in goodness? Praise God. Good for you. You know, we've all been accused. You know, I have been accused many a times. I remember when I was younger as a pastor, didn't know any, anything better, you know, like I'm still learning. People accuse me, I will answer them at the pulpit. <laughs> Without mentioning name. You know, so-and-so, you know, so-and-so. You know what I was doing? I was giving oxygen to the accusation. The only way you're going to disarm accusation is to shut your mouth. And you just deflate the accusation. I had, a, I had somebody came to me the other day, say to me, it's sister so-and-so, not in this church anymore. It's, uh, it's so offended by you because you blah, 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 accuse me. And you know, when I was younger, I would say, no, that is not true. Let me explain to you. 
I was going to do that. And I felt in my heart, Jesus says, do you want me to be your lawyer or you want to be your own lawyer? So I go, oh, okay. I smile. I say, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. The way to get to the top is let God handle your accuser. Now, check this out. This is how miracles happen, right? So they say, we don't have to answer you this. Now, this is what he says. They say, if you want to throw us, verse 17, if you want to throw us into this furnace fire, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. When you face incredible danger, I want to encourage you. Some of you are facing creditors, facing whatever, you know, whatever. Things in your life. And, you know, some of you know my dad is, is you know, he's not well and he's, he's, he has cancer and, you know, and, and uh, you know, that his bladder is bleeding and so forth. And, and uh, when you are standing in front of this giant, I want to encourage your faith. You need to say, even if you try, devil, we will not yield. Come on. We will not yield by saying bad things about my God. Because a lot of people say, you know, if your God is that good, how come you inflict, you know, God inflict that pain, this pain. If, if, if this should happen to me, I believe God will deliver me. Do you realize that your faith is tested only when you are facing challenges. So some of us working out, right? You know, you know, you work out, you pump iron, right? You only can grow your muscle. Your muscle only breaks when there is huge resistance. I see some of those um, uh, ladies in the uh, in the gym. You know, they they have a bar but no weights. They go, what, what does that do? I, I, so I know it's carb. I know cardio, okay. But if you want to develop muscle. Oh, somebody got offended. I'm so sorry. Shaka. <laughs> yeah, if you have no resistance, there's no growth. If your faith has not faced resistance, which means your faith has not grown. I always say this, when you are being put in the process, celebrate the process. Don't run away from it. Let the process build you in Jesus' name. You want to go to the top? Don't run away from problem. Run to the problem and look at the problem in the eyes and say, my God will deliver me. Hallelujah. Some of you have problem. You do that. You say, my God will deliver me. Don't run away from it. Face your problem in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now check this. The next level of faith is verse 18. This is a level of faith for some of us. This is the people that will be a part waters, walk on waters, multiply foods, raise the dead. This one it is. But if not, if he doesn't come and deliver me, even if he doesn't do anything for me. Be it known to you, O king, that I still will not yield. 
I will not yield to your image. I will not worship your God. I will still believe. This is the next level of faith. You know, one level of faith saying, I'm going to believe for miracles. And my, as I see miracles, my faith grows. And God will give you miracles. And he always fulfills his promises. But the next level of faith is this. Even if I don't see what I believe in God come true, I will still believe. You see, that's a stupid faith. You know, if you look at Hebrews, you know, in Hebrews chapter 11, talk about the hero of faith, people that, that change the world, people that can defeat armies, conquer kings, part waters, do amazing things. They didn't wake up one day in the morning and say, I'm going to part waters. They didn't do that. It's because they have that faith that say, God, even if you don't show up, I still believe that you are good. I still believe you are awesome. I still believe you. And you walk through it, and guess what's going to happen? Supernatural things happen. Supernatural things happen. You're going to do things you never dreamed you'd be able to do. Faith that is absolutely reckless to the point of complete abandonment. A lot of people believe faith is what you want, what you wish, what you hope for. You write it down, so recite it over again. Avoiding speaking negatively. Constantly confessing that which we desire. And that's nothing wrong with it. That's one level. But the faith we want to preach that will bring you over to the top. It's a faith in God, in His goodness, with absolute abandonment, even life itself. That is the kind of faith, listen, that will move mountain. That is the kind of faith that will give you favors that you never imagined. That is the kind of faith that say, God, I may not get what I want right now, but I still believe you are a good God, and the next day God will give you something even better than you've imagined. Amen. That's the kind of faith that God wants all of us to have. Now you skip all the way down to verse 24. So they were thrown into the fire, right? And even the people that threw them in the fire died because it was so hot. It was cranked up seven times because the king was mad. Threw him in the fire. And all the people were watching. The world was watching. And they saw the unbelievable, the impossible. Three men walking in the furnace with another man. That's Jesus. And verse 24, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselor, Did we not cast three men bound in fire? The answer, yes, King, true. Verse 25, But I see four men unbound walking in the midst. They're not hurt. The appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. That's Jesus. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door on a burning fire. He called them out. And verse 27, everybody checked on them. They, they weren't burned. Nothing touched them. Not even singed. Their clothes were not harmed. If you want to experience the miracle of God that is beyond what man's ability can do. You know, people say, I believe in the miracle of God when you're, actually your ability can do it. Why, why bother believing God for that? You can do it. Do it yourself. 
We want to believe in something that we can't do. That's how you get to the top. Because if you can do it, you don't need God. Are you here this morning? Somebody was sharing with me, you know, like yeah, there was this uh, family, you know, and, and they, 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 they borrow money and, and actually they, they left the church because they were offended. One time I was talking about, you know, you don't need to work on Sunday and they said, oh, I'm so offended. I'm leaving the church. But praise God, I love them and praise, pray that they will be blessed and they'll come back to church. Anyway, so, so you know, they, they, uh, the whole family decided to buy a house. You know, they're new immigrants and, and they buy a big, massive house up north, you know, and, and then everybody has to take on two jobs. And before they took on two jobs, they all came to the church and they testified that how God had blessed them. Honey, that's not the blessing of God because the blessing of God is without sorrow. Do you know working at two jobs is sorrowful? The blessing of God brings no sorrow, the Word of God says. It's all good. When He bless you, you don't have to have two jobs. So I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying don't even need to give Him credit. He doesn't need it. He's not His. When he blesses you, man, you're going to go to a mailbox, you open it, that's the money right there. That's the blessing. That's a supernatural. You don't need to thank God for things that you could do, like go to the bank and borrow money. But you thank God for something that he done for you that you could not do yourself. That's a miracle. Now watch this verse 28. I'm going to close. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said, Blessed be the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him and set aside king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than served and worship any god except their own god. Here, the person who demanded their life is now yielding to their god. I want to tell you this, the people who demanded your life, if you don't yield, you trust God. They will yield to your god. They will yield to your god. If cancer come your way, you don't yield. Cancer will yield to your God. If poverty come to you and you don't yield, poverty will yield to your God. Now, check this out. Verse 29. This is the best part. Therefore, I make a decree any people, nation, or language that speaks anything against God of Shadrach, Misha, and Bendigo shall be torn limb to limb. Hallelujah. Their houses are laid in ruins, for there is no other God who is able to rescue it in this way. Remember, I spoke about it two weeks ago. I said, when you follow what we learn here, God will increase His influence through you. That's what happened. The whole nation now become born again. I mean, in their terminology, in, in their context. Just because three guys refused do you under pressure? You could be one of those today. That your testimony will bring nations to bow before God. God is looking for those who say, I will not you. I will not you. I will not you. Even if God doesn't come and save me, I will not you. I will believe in God and I will keep on worshiping Him. I will not you. God is going to use you to increase His influence in this nation. Yea, around the world in Jesus' name. Last point, verse 30. Then the king promoted them. Come on. Some of us use, do different things for promotion, you know. We suck up to our boss, you know. 
Be nice to your boss. Don't need to. Right? Did I, could I say that? Is it a bad word? The blood of Jesus. Whatever. Be under grace, yeah? His grace is enough. We do all kinds of things to get promotion, to get noticed, to get approval. Come to the presence of the Father. Let Him fill you. Let Him, let him cause you to realize and have a revelation of His love. Some of us had never grown up with a Father that just would ever hold us. This morning, God wants to hold you. Would you let Him? Would you let Him hold you? Let Him embrace you. When you know the Father loves you, you will speak to even the murderous spirit that would threaten in your life. You say, I will not yield. Uh-uh. I will not yield. 